the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here's the situation in Corinth. There were Christians who had gotten saved, and they should have been maturing. They should have been growing. Paul, when he was there, he preached for 18 months. Imagine sitting at the feet of Paul and listening to him speak for 18 months. Now he's been gone for five years when he writes this letter. And five years later, he writes them this letter to tell them, you guys are still acting like a baby. Now, it's okay for a baby to act like a baby if the baby is a baby. But after a period of time, there should be a moving from babyhood to adulthood. And if that's not happening, something is wrong. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. God bless you. I, I, I had a thought that went through my head this week, and that is the devil loves a Christian who doesn't carry his Bible. The reason that we carry a Bible in our hands is so that we can get it in our hearts. And today is a perfect example of a text and a sermon that the devil specifically says to you as a Christian. Do not carry your Bible. Do not open your Bible. Do not read your Bible. Do not study your Bible. Do not learn the Bible. And do not follow the Bible. And so, just to spite him, I brought my Bible with me. And I want you to take yours and open it. Okay? I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I put on my Twitter account today that I am preaching on the subject of pampers, huggies, and loves. I said, you could be offended if you are the sensitive type. 
And I hope that you have come today prepared to learn. A baby, everybody say a baby, is a beautiful, beautiful, messy thing. Wherever you have babies, you have diapers. Because if you have babies without diapers, you're in trouble. Wherever, wherever there are babies, there are diapers, and wherever there are diapers, there's a lot of, we'll, we'll use the word mess. The church in Corinth and the church here in California, like a baby, is a beautiful, messy thing. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, ends talking about a spiritual man. At the point of conversion, the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, God puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. And when God puts his Spirit inside of you, there are two natures. One is the sin nature, and one is the Spirit of God. And those two things, the sin nature and the Spirit, they battle 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Every single person in this room has going on inside of you what we will call a spiritual civil war. And you have two choices in this civil war. I want you to write this down. One, you can choose to die to yourself. And if you die to yourself, it means that you are living being led by the Spirit of God. Or you can die to the Spirit and you can actually live for yourself. But it's your choice. It's your option. For many people, it's very easy to get this illustration. It's like a light switch. One moment you're a you're a spiritual Christian, and the next moment you are a carnal Christian. It's like a light switch. Some of you just flip it on and off. Some of you right now, this very moment, you come, right now you're in church, you got to switch up. You are a spiritual Christian. Look at you. You're a spiritual Christian. But some of you right now who are spiritual, uh, in the parking lot after church, you will become a carnal Christian. You're still saved, but you're not acting spiritual. We all have this battle. Today in church, you're a spiritual Christian, but maybe Monday at work, you become a carnal Christian. Right now, you got your Bible, you're reading, you're looking at it, you're a spiritual Christian, and maybe uh, today, before this day's over, you'll be on the internet being a carnal Christian. It's like a light switch goes on and off, and we all go through that. One of, one of the classic illustrations, stay here in 1 Corinthians, uh, we'll be right back. Go over to Matthew 16. A classic illustration. Classic. Everybody say classic. 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 I tell you, I never read this without just kind of, I don't know. I just am amazed by what I read. Matthew 16, look at verse 13. You've, you've all heard this. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But Jesus says in verse 15, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And verse 16, Simon Peter, bless his heart, 
He utters these words. These words come out of his mouth. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all God's people said. Now Jesus was so happy by what he heard. Listen to what he says to Peter. Verse 17, Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Verse 18, And I tell you, Peter, because of this confession of your faith, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Verse 19, And Peter, bless your old gizzard, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here are the keys of the kingdom, Peter. Two verses later, two. It says from this time on, verse 21, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That sounds like a pretty good thing. But here's what Peter, the same guy who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 22, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus says in verse 23, Jesus turned and says, I mean, just a few verses before he's given the keys to the kingdom. Now verse 23 says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but you only have in mind the things of man. Wow, is that amazing? How how is that possible? Well, I can explain it to you. One moment, he's being led by the Spirit of God. And the next moment, he is not. Just like a light switch. And it happens to Peter, it happens to us. So go back to your text in 1 Corinthians Chapter 3. Chapter 2, he talks about being a spiritual man. But when you come to chapter 3, he changes his focus. He begins to address those who are saved, those who have the Spirit of God. They're Christians, but they are living for themselves. He calls them, number one, the worldly. Mere infants in Christ. He calls them a bunch of babies. And just to be clear, he's not complimenting them. He's actually criticizing them, and he's being brutally honest with them. He tells them three things. Number one, you are delusional. See, they thought, if you read the the text, they were following different people uh, and they, they thought that they were spiritual. Whenever you're, you know, they, they thought they were spiritual. And he's basically saying, you guys are delusional. He calls them brothers. Yes, you're saved. But he says, I could not address you as spiritual. You think you're spiritual. I can't address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. Verse 2, I gave you milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for it. Now, there's two kinds of babies. I want you to write this. You got to understand it. Two kinds of babies. First kind of baby is a physical baby. That's what we call a newborn, an infant. You know, every one of you, you were inside your mother's womb for nine months. You were a human being in there. The Bible says every one of your steps was foreordained before one of them came about. God had written down uh, your future. 
And uh, when you were born, after nine months, you came out of your mother's tummy, and uh, every one of us, you slobbered, you did do goo goo ga ga, and you uh, you cried. Every one of you cried, and every one of you messed in your diapers a lot. A definition of a baby, I'll put this on the screen, is a digestive apparatus with a loud noise at one end and no responsibility at the other end. So every one of us were like that. So you have, number one, you have a physical baby, but number two, there are spiritual babies. These are new converts. You just got saved. You don't know much. Yes, you're going to make a few mistakes. The Bible calls you an infant in Christ, a babe in Christ. Now, here's the situation in Corinth. There were Christians who had gotten saved, and they should have been maturing. They should have been growing. Paul, when he was there, he preached for 18 months. Imagine sitting at the feet of Paul and listening to him speak for 18 months. Now he's been gone for five years when he writes this letter. And five years later, he writes them this letter to tell them, you guys are still acting like a baby. Now, it's okay for a baby to act like a baby if the baby is a baby. But after a period of time, there should be a moving from babyhood to adulthood. And if that's not happening something is wrong and if you think you're spiritual and yet you're really not growing or maturing paul says you're if you think you're spiritual you're you're actually acting childish you you are delusional because write this down you're still dependent he says in verse two i i had to feed you milk not solid food for you're not ready for solid food indeed here now for some of them Six years later, six and a half years later, you're still not ready for it. But you know, a baby will put anything in its mouth, anything. Cigarette butt, just pick it up, put rice in mouth. Why is that? Because a baby cannot tell good from evil. There's a point where they can't tell what's good and bad for them. You as a parent, you come along, you have to feed them. Now, you would never feed them a hot dog. You're not supposed to feed them a hot dog. I'll choke on that. You can't feed him a steak. You certainly can't feed him a steak. Uh, you, can't, you can't feed him a hard-shell taco. Now, you can feed your pastor a hard-shell taco. But you, can't, you can't feed a baby a hard-shell taco. You can't give a baby a grape because you can only feed them what they can handle. And Paul is saying, hey, when I preach my sermons, you are so immature. You know what? I, even today, i got to give you milk. You're not ready for the deep things of God. There are three stages of eating. I want you to write this down. Stage number one. Is that, is that you have to be fed. Someone has to feed you. It's the first stage of eating. And, you know, every one of you would have starved to death when you were born if someone hadn't fed you, right? The second stage of feeding is where you can finally feed yourself, praise God. And some of us do that really well, right? I mean, I got that down. I can feed myself all day long. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to be glad you can feed yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There's a third level of feeding, 
where you become so mature in your faith that you're actually able to feed others. Now, that's true spiritually with food, but I want to ask you spiritually, where are you today spiritually on those three things? Are you someone that the only way you learn anything is when someone teaches you or feeds you? Or are you mature enough now that you can sit down and have a quiet time every morning with, with the Bible and you read, spend some time, you write some stuff down and you pray and have God speak to me and you're able to feed yourself? Or are you at a point yet spiritually where you're actually, you know so much about the Bible, you've learned so much about how to eat spiritually that you're actually able to teach others spiritually? Now don't be offended by this. But I've been preaching here for 27 years. Don't clap, don't clap. Been preaching for 27 years and some of you still don't bring your Bibles. I am basically a spiritual nursemaid. I have to spoon feed you. Now don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. If you're, if you're a new Christian, you just got saved last week or last month, no problem. You, you need to be spoon-fed, right? But if you've been saved for five, if I said, how long have you been a Christian? You say five years or seven years or 10 years or 15 years. You shouldn't have to be spoon-fed. You should be able to feed yourself and not only feed yourself, you should be at a place where you can feed others. And if, if you've been saved for over five years and you still don't have a Bible, still don't bring your Bible, don't study your Bible, you're not involved in a life group, you're not matured, you're not adult-like in your faith, Paul says, you're worldly. You're a carnal Christian. You're saved, praise God, but you're carnal. Look at these statistics. And I just want to ask, I want you to ask yourself, do you see yourself in these statistics? 60% of Christians do not attend church regularly. Now, if you don't believe that's true, just look at how many people we had in church on Easter versus how many we have today. 70% give less than 1% to the kingdom of God. 80% are not involved in ministries. 80% do not attend a small group. 90% have never trained or discipled someone else. And Paul's simply saying, hey, spiritually speaking, you should be an adult, but you're still just an infant. You're delusional because you think you're spiritual and you're not because you're dependent on the world. I still got a spoon and feed you. Number three, write this down. You're divisive. And that word divisive, it means that you're actually causing harm. See, when you, when you cause problems in the church, you're, it's not that you're just upset and you're fighting with someone. You're actually causing harm to the body of Christ through that disunity. Whenever you're involved in gossip or fighting or letter writing, I'm always amazed by how many people get upset. They write a bunch of letters to people. Like, you're so spiritual, you're going to solve all the problems. I'm going to write a letter to everybody and let everybody know what's going on. That's, that's not scriptural to do that. You need to go and confront the people who are wrong and go through the process that's in the Word of God. But whenever we pit two people against each other, what you're doing is you're harming the church. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, it's 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3, 
you are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling, which, by the way, are the two traits of a child. Put two children in a room with one toy and see what goes on. (laughs) See what goes on in that room. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? What is that? A mere man is someone, is a man, who's not saved. If you're here today and you're a man and you're not saved, you know what you are? (laughs) I have to tell you this. You're just a mere man. Okay. But if you're saved, uh uh-oh. What happened when you got saved? God put his Holy Spirit inside of you. You're no longer, if you're saved, you're no longer just a mere man. You house, that body of yours, it's, it's the temple of a holy God. Your body houses the Holy Spirit of God. You're no longer a mere man. You house the Holy Spirit of God in you. And look at verse 3 again. It says, you're still worldly since there's, this is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not acting, are you not acting like mere men? Are you, are you not acting like someone who does not have the Spirit of God? We know from this text and an earlier text that they had these three guys. One was Paul. One was Peter, one was Apollos, and the church was kind of divided. All this, this section over here, they like Peter. This section right here, they like Paul. And this section over here, they like Apollos. They actually sat where they, who they liked. I don't know if that's true, but I just, I just said that. Because <laughs> the church was all divided. I know that. And the people who like Paul said, oh, they, they said this. Oh, we love Paul because Paul, you know, when he preaches, man, it's doctrine. It's just doctrine. I love doctrine. I, when Paul preaches, man, I can't wait to get to church. Peter, he don't know much about doctrine, but I tell you what, he tells it like it is. He's not afraid to say anything to anybody. That's my kind of preaching. A guy stands up and just says it like it is. And some people say, well, I like Apollos because he's such a great orator. And you know what, you know what Paul writes here in the letter? He says, if that's you, you know what you're acting like? You're acting worldly. You're acting carnal, and it's wrong. Look at verse 4. He says, for when one says, I follow Paul... And another says, I follow Apollos. And here's that phrase again. Are you not acting like mere men? Paul said, you need to grow up and stop following man. We should never gather around any pastor in any church. We should only gather around the Lord Jesus Christ, period. that many are living in fear with the current events that are happening in our world. But God's Word is here to comfort us in these days of uncertainty. In John 14, 27, Jesus told His disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If you are in need of prayer tonight, we have operators standing by and ready for your call. We are here for you and ready to support you with any prayer needs you may have. Call us right now at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Please know that we are here for you. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible. The Battle of Jericho. 
Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, He would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing His people to take possession of the Promised Land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.